You're listening to the Analuya podcast, where faith and animation collide. Each episode, we'll discuss the various topics in animated movies and TV shows, while also sharing our thoughts and opinions as they relate to faith and spirituality. Get ready to raise a hallelujah. It's time for Analuya. And you're locked into another episode of the Analyu Podcast. My name is Josh, and it is December, everybody, and that means we are on our annual Christmas series. It seems like this time of year just comes and goes. It doesn't last as long as we want it to. It gets here quicker than we would like. But if anybody loves baking Hallmark movies more than anyone that I know, at least, but not to an obsessive degree. It is my wife, Rebecca. Hello, hello, everyone. Yes, I do love Hallmark movies and baking and cooking and all of that fun stuff. Yeah. You know, I was talking recently with my uh, my sisters and it was like we were talking about how I just really don't even care like about presents anymore. Obviously, it's nice to get stuff. But like to me, holidays are being with family. And it's so interesting how that's changed throughout the years. Obviously, as a kid, you're like, presents, cool, see family, whatever, but presents. And now it's like the opposite, at least for me. Do you feel the same way, Josh? Yes. It, in regards to presents, it's the older you get, the less that you want, but the more expensive it is. That's true. But also in conjunction with that, we also have, hey, like really spending time with family and getting to go and see everybody rather than it's the experience rather than the material stuff, I would say. Exactly. It's the experience of the season. And of course, there is only one true reason for the season of Christmas. And that is Jesus. That's right. That is the only reason that we even celebrate and do anything around this time of year. And uh, how wonderful a gift he was to us. Absolutely. I hate that we're going to miss our church's uh, Christmas play this year. Me too. Because it is on the 24th, but we'll actually be with my dad and his family on uh, that that week of Christmas. Yeah. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and like the whole week after, which will be really fun. I'm excited. It's Yeah. Actually, we've never spent Christmas with them since we've been together. So that means right. that's been like six years yes. since you've even seen your dad for Christmas. Yeah, I, I'm glad so. you clarified since Christmas. I've seen my dad oh, yeah. many times throughout the years. For sure, for sure. Yeah, we've gone to visit. We just, you know, not for Christmas. We've been here uh, in Tennessee where we live for Christmas. Right. But we'll be, we'll be in a nice cabin that's been newly built in Georgia, and it's going to be going to be a great time with them. So really looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm excited. As I said in the beginning, this is our annual Christmas series. So we take a whole month and we dedicate it to Christmas movies, make our redemptive analogies, and we have a lot of fun doing it. We posted on our social media about a few weeks ago getting your suggestions four Christmas movies, and this one that we'll be talking about today comes from one of our followers on Instagram. Um, Brianna underscore Don 18 suggested that we do Arthur Christmas, and so that is the first official movie that we will be doing for our December series, 
Now, Rebecca, you hadn't seen Arthur Christmas before, have you? That's right. I had never seen it. Um, so yeah, when we watched it earlier, that was the very first time I'd seen it. I really enjoyed it. It was it was a cute movie. I agree. So this movie came out in 2011 by Sony Animation Pictures, and it is about Santa's clumsy son, Arthur, who sets out on a mission with Grand Santa to give out a present that was misplaced to a young girl in less than two hours. Talk about a mission for Christmas. So let's get right into it. One of the first things I want to tackle is the family dynamic oh my gosh. of the Santa family. When we first start off in this movie, we have this long haul of portraits of the Santas of the past. And then we have the current Santa, whose name is Malcolm. And he's not the sharpest tool in the shed, I will say. Yeah, he's really not. He's uh, you, you figure out pretty quickly... Santa's painted as an imbecile and he's like, I don't know what's, what's happening. They all like guide him, all the little elves. So what's interesting. So the lore of Santa in this movie is that there's a family. Well, as Josh just said, there's a family of Santas and it's passed down from generation to generation. And now they're on to the newer high tech Santa. There's no more sleigh. No, no. There's like a giant spaceship that looks like something out of Star Trek. And uh, it's crazy. And all of the elves are helping to deliver the toys. And the you can see in like the very beginning of the movie, all the it's Christmas Eve and this giant spaceship is over one of the cities and all the elves are like jumping down out from the, yeah, they're like, they're like out of the army or the Navy seals. Yes. They're, uh, they call themselves the, uh, the elf battalion. Yes. Yes. They're like paratroopers going down. Oh my goodness. It was, I was like, yeah, that that's one way. But the crazy thing is, do you know that Santa's pretty much an idiot when, um, or it doesn't really do anything at this point because, the elves are like taking him to one house and they have these like, they like shine a spotlight right on the spot where he's supposed to place the present. And there's, uh, where they have like those, um, like traffic control lights things. I don't know. They look like mini lightsabers. And, um, and they're like, here, Santa, right here, put it here. And then he lays it down. He's just kind of like, oh, cool. I did the thing. Yay. And uh, it was like, okay. <laughs> what yeah, is very happening? much the lore and the magic of Santa is kind of like taken out for me and I think a lot of yeah. people during that during that scene. Agreed. Yeah, it was um it was a very interesting to see what the new new Santa is like in this day and age. But that comes into play later. So there's the that's how the whole thing starts. Right after this scene they come back and say, oh, yeah, it's been a successful Christmas. Christmas accomplished. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Santa's son, he's got two sons. Yeah, there's Malcolm. Arthur. Yeah, there's and, Arthur. And Steve. Malcolm, the current Santa, when he comes back, Arthur runs up to him and says, oh, man, Dad, you did great. So, oh, yeah. And then he sees his other son. He says, oh, there you are. Great job tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Obviously the favorite. Well, and Steve, Steve is funny to me. He, okay. So Steve definitely, Steve gives me 
vibes of the the son, like in the Bible, the merchant who had two sons and one left to go out. So the prodigal son story, Steve reminds me of the son that was left. <laughs> like, why dad, why did you never love me? And, um, poor guy, I feel bad for him. I did like his little goatee business though. Oh yeah. It was a Christmas shit. tree. Yeah, shit, like a Christmas tree. <laughs> How fun. I thought that was really exciting. But Steve, he runs the whole like operation of yeah, overseeing, yeah, overseeing the elves, and it's like NASA and the whole like floor of all these elves, and they're monitoring and tracking like where all the presents are, where the the S one again <laughs> supposed to be for Air Force One kind of thing, yeah, <laughs> and he's he's on it, he he's just so proud. So a lot of pride going on there, but so much pride. Again, when you when you're given that operation, it's hard not to be proud of that. Well, yeah, that and this was the year it it was uh Malcolm, the current Santa's last year. It was supposed to be the year that he was going to be retiring, and then Steve was the logical next successor, and he um that didn't that didn't end up happening. Santa comes back and he does his little speech. He's like, I've been doing this for 70 years. And you can see uh, Steve getting ready to do his little speech. Like, congratulations to me. Yay. I look forward to this. And then Santa just goes off and says, looking forward to year 71. Wow. wow. Yeah. And it was like, ooh, <laughs> that's uh, that hurts the balloons come down and it's got Steve's face on the balloon saying congratulations. And it was like, Ooh, dad, that was, that was harsh, man. That was really harsh. Oh, absolutely. You can just see the look of disappointment. And Arthur tries to like cheer him up a little bit later on. He's Oh, you know, you'll, you're going to be a great Santa. You'll be Santa next year. He's like, no, he won't be. If his dad is planning to, you know, do it for year 71. Yeah, he's, um, man, the dynamics there in that family. He just wants to, I don't, what was his deal? I think he wanted to hang on to what he had. He didn't want to become obsolete. Right. Because he's in bed with Mrs. Claus. Um, Margaret is her name. Uh, who is incredible, by yeah, the way. She She's trying, she's the kind of the glue that's holding everybody together because she wants her, uh, all her, Santa family to be home for the holidays and after all this big mission, after all the deliveries are done. But still, there's all this, you know, tension. You have Arthur, you have Steve, you have Malcolm, the current Santa, you have the older Santa, who is Grand Santa. <laughs> and there's just this whole like feud yeah. that goes on over dinner. Oh, I'm Santa. It's ridiculous. You just took a piece out of my hand. Well, I am actually Santa, so I rather think I should have it. Well, yes, you're the non-executive figurehead. Exactly. The figurehead. It means a fatty with a beard who fits the suit. The other pieces are good, too. Or I can make extra Santas for everyone. Why don't you be the candle, Steve? All those bright ideas, eh? Fine. I'm the candle. Arthur's the turkey, and you, Father, are, of course, Santa. Grand Santa, you can be this charming relic. Relic? Relic? I did the whole of Christmas in one of these, Arthur. Oh, yes. I didn't need a trillion elves in bleepy hat. What a crazy, crazy family. Yeah, and I see Arthur trying to be kind of like the peacemaker 
with Erdlady because he he works in the mail room getting all the letters that are written to you know Malcolm the quote unquote Santa and he's kind of like responding to all of them keeping that magic alive and so he's kind of in the um what you would say kind of like tucked away from was, from everything else he was intentionally tucked away yes apparently he was in a different department and then uh, he. Build water or something. Something happened where there was a flood, and um, he was relocated to a quiet office to deal with letters. And uh, that's where he's been ever since. And they're all all the little elves make fun of him, and they're like, "He should be in the South Pole." <laughs> and it's like, okay, poor guy. Feel bad for him. Him and his little reindeer jingle bell slippers. Oh yeah, yeah, Christmas slippers. His Christmas slippers. It's, uh, it's Christmas slippers. They're from China. And they like <laughs> little blink and they kind of like make little sounds. And I mean, not going to lie. I kind of want some of those. Those are fun. <laughs> <laughs> but Arthur means well. And it's all about keeping that magic alive for the children. The and- children. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came to mind. And this comes in handy where one gift is missed for delivery. Wah, wah. And Steve does not take it seriously. He's like, oh, this this is just one gift. This is the margin of error, a very small margin of error. And Malcolm kind of thinks the same. He's like, oh. Well, well, well he she? doesn't know what to think because he's a bumbling idiot is what it is. <laughs> he's like, I don't know. What do you think, Steve? He, he always, he like defers to his son. So he, he's like not confident in himself anymore i don't know if he ever was but yeah he just it's so frustrating i was gonna say something else and then i, I completely well, lost my train of thought. i think he santa's kind of like you know surrounding himself with a yes man or, or a yes man in this in this point somebody to tell him what to do because he obviously can't make decisions well, and maybe he did at one point that he made decisions but then um he just decided that it was easier i guess to rely on other people to do the work for him that's what the crazy thing is he doesn't do anything he he does nothing he put he had to be handheld into putting a gift under the tree and um he knows nothing about the operation and they had to save him from waking a kid up and it's this whole thing and yet when it comes down to it he basically is like i'm awesome I did a great job because I am Santa. Therefore, I did everything. And then Steve and and all the elves are like, hmm, did you though? Did you do anything? Well, it's kind of like the dynamic when you're in a company and you have a boss. It's a boss, not a leader. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So kind of kind of getting that vibe. Yeah. Poor guy. Poor Steve. Yeah. When the one present came up, he it came out later in conversation that he was like, Dad, can't you see? Why can't you see all of the good things I did? The 99% of the good things that I did. And there was just that 1% that didn't do okay. And that's so frustrating. He's like, you look at all the, you look at the one bad thing. I did so many good things tonight. 
And yet you focus on this one bad thing. How is this all my fault? Also, you did nothing. (laughs) I can tell how frustrating that would be. I'd be frustrated. I was frustrated watching it. I mean, I completely agree with that. And that kind of gets into our main theme of the 99 and the 1. Sounds familiar, right? Mm. Or have we heard this before? Sunday school, anybody? (laughs) And it's this idea, or really this truth, that Jesus is painted as a shepherd looking over the sheep, which is believers, but there's one sheep that is straight away that's not a believer or has left the faith, and he cares more about that one than the 99. In retrospect, the 99, they're fine. They have been given direction, leadership, discipleship, and know what they need to do, but that one needs to be gone after. And this is how God, I believe, reaches out to us. He uses people. He uses media. He uses um, current events. Anything to get somebody's attention who he wants to have as a son or a daughter. Now, it's just not a automatic, he picks you up and is like, hey, you're, you're, you're a child of mine. He's a gentleman. He's not going to intrude unless he's invited and then that comes into the part of free will where it's the invitation that you accept to be a part of god's family so in this movie we have that one gift for gwen who lives in england and uh, by the way so all this is a full english cast in this movie we have Hugh Laurie, who was Dr. Well, it's not just English. There's well, Scottish and... Yes, yes. So, uh, pardon me. Um, uh, the production company is yeah, English. Yeah, so, yes. The production... Or UK, I suppose. Right. So, a couple of voice actors we have. We had James McAvoy, who was Arthur. Um, was he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Uh, Jim, um, Jim Broadbent, who was Santa, Bill... Nightly, uh, who is Grand Santa, Hugh Laurie, who was Steve. But getting back to that one present, that 99 um, versus the one theology, we have that verse that this has been referenced to. Becca, if you want to go ahead and read that for us. Yeah, so the, so the scripture that we've got here is from Luke 15. Um, I'll start in verse 1, and this is the amplified version. Now all the tax collectors and sinners, including non-observant Jews, were coming near Jesus to listen to him. Both the Pharisees and the scribes began muttering and complaining, saying, This man accepts and welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he, Jesus, told them this parable. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost, searching until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he gets home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. I tell you, in the same way, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. That's wonderful. I've heard it said many times that the heavens rejoice and there is applause in heaven when someone accepts Christ and then is ushered and entered into the family of God. 
So that's a wonderful picture that's been painted. Yeah. And so, so looking at the rest of Luke 15, um, Jesus tells the parable about the, the lost sheep. Then he tells the parable about the lost coin, where the woman who has 10 silver coins, she loses one, and then she searches for it until she finds it. And it's the same thing as the, the sheep. She calls together her friends and neighbors and um, says, rejoice with me. I found my lost coin. Hooray. And Jesus says again, in the same way, I tell you, there's joy in the presence of the angels over of God over one sinner who repents. The Amplified Version actually adds this little bit that says, that is, changes his inner self, old way of thinking, regrets past sins, lives his life in a way that proves repentance, and seeks God's purpose for his life. I think that, that's a really interesting little addition there. Yeah, so he so tells the lost sheep, the lost coin, and then he goes into the prodigal son. So it's like all in succession here uh, that, that Jesus is telling these stories. All to say that heaven rejoices over one sinner who comes to repentance and comes back to the family. And um, I just find it really interesting that they're all coupled together because we were talking about the prodigal son earlier. And, um, you know, I think the prodigal son is interesting because it it's about the, the, the son who comes back and he and we all, you know, everyone rejoices over the the prodigal son who came back. And in a way, we are all prodigal sons. But it's also really interesting. Um, I think Jesus tells the story. And the in this particular story, the elder brother is kind of the main character, I think, because um, Jesus says in verse 28, but the elder brother became angry and deeply resentful and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and began pleading with him. But he said to the father, look, these many years that I have served you and I have never neglected or disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me so much as a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this other son of yours arrived, who has devoured your estate and with immoral women, that's interesting, I've never heard that version, um, devoured your estate with immoral women, you slaughtered the fatted calf for him. The father said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. But it was fitting to celebrate and rejoice for this brother of yours was as good as dead and has begun to live. He was lost and has been found. And in a way, that's why I said that Steve reminds me of that older brother. He's like, dad, I've been with you the whole time making Christmas happen. And what do I get? Nothing. Nothing. You don't seem to care about me. I don't understand. And that's a great correlation analogy that we're making that. And I always think when I hear the story of the prodigal son, I always think back to the Nest Entertainment um, animated Bible stories. It was one of my favorites growing up was the uh, prodigal son um, VHS tape. But you're right. Steve is doing all this stuff and he's just... uh, to, to his dad, Malcolm, he's like, well, I, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's okay, I guess. And doesn't under, fully understand the magnitude of what fully goes into it because somewhere down the line, he's had all this stuff done for him. And as we've mentioned, it has had to been handheld through Christmas now. But neither Malcolm nor Steve understand the importance of getting this one extra gift. Whereas Arthur 
He's like, hey, this is big to him. And Stevie's like, well, do you just want to wake up there, buddy? He's like, yes, a child has been missed. <laughs> that was a funny scene. Yeah. They're like, what do you want to do? Just wake up everyone? He's like, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Everyone, wake up. There's a child missing, a Christmas gift. And to him, that lost child's Christmas, the, 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 the lost gift for the child has more to do with belief and faith in santa right because he's read that letter from that little girl named gwen and he understands me that because her letter is like santa are you real and goes into this you know my friends say and you know da 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 and you're right it is about belief to arthur to keep that magic of christmas that the that belief in santa and so he hatches his plan to go with grand santa to deliver this gift in a short amount of time to this young girl and a bunch of just hilarity and misfortune ensues. Of course. And yeah, that's the bulk of the movie. I find it interesting though, that both Steve and Malcolm, well, Malcolm, cause he defers to Steve, but Steve was like, we only have two hours left until sunrise there. We can't make it. It's not going to happen. There's just no possible way. And Arthur's like, what do you mean there's no possible way? Um, I'm going to make this happen and we're going to figure it out. And then lo and behold, as you move through the, the story, they would have gotten there in like five minutes if they had have just, if Steve had have just taken a moment to do what he needed to do and go find that lost little girl's present, you know, or give it to her. And um, I, so I find that interesting that... It was much harder than it really needed to be, you know, and everybody wanted to prove that their way was the best way so that they could get credit for delivering that extra gift. And to me, that just speaks volumes about how we want to go about our lives. We want to do things our way and not listen to God and what he has to say. So in this instance, I suppose Arthur could be God in this scenario or Jesus um, trying to get that gift, gift of salvation even perhaps, to this little girl. And everybody else, though, wants to prove that their way of doing it is better when it's like, whoa, guys, no, Jesus is the only way. He is the only way to get the gift of salvation. And But we just, we want to do it by ourselves. We want, because we are prideful and we think that we can do it on our own. So you've got Grand Santa who wants to take Evie, the sleigh with all the reindeer, old school out and shenanigans in Sidhu. And then you've got Malcolm, the current Santa who doesn't know what's happening, but he still wants to be relevant and that causes problems. And then, and then you've got Steve, who's the new way of doing things. Doesn't really care about kids, doesn't really like kids but he likes the process of things, but he wants to prove that his way is better. There's no margin of error when we're going to get this done. So I just, I find that interesting. And that kind of brings me into the point where Arthur has a sudden realization, sudden realization after going through all this stuff that has not worked according to plan of getting this gift to Gwen. And he's on the beach with Grand Santa um, and his his pet reindeer and Gwen, the the rapping elf, 
rapping as in gifts and she she doesn't do uh, rapping as in music (laughs) just to clarify there (laughs) what what was her name it wasn't gwen it was something else wasn't gwen no gwen's the little child oh the duh sorry sorry not 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 gwen so the i can't remember her name the rat the the rapping elf elf is uh I don't know. I don't know if that's right. No, 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 no. It is. Brinny? Yes. Okay. That sounds like a horse. A whinny. <laughs> but yeah, she's Brinny. the rapping elf who's up. She's oh, pretty cool. Yeah. I gotta say. There's always cool. time for a bow. Yeah. you could. There's always time for a bow. But going that to, um, getting back to the point before I brought up uh, Brinny. <laughs> the beach. Yes. So Arthur has a sudden realization after things haven't gone according to plan, and he tosses the letter from Gwen into the fire, and he looks at the picture that you know she drew, and she's like, well, "Wait, wait, it's Santa!" And I'm like, "Yeah, well, we we know." He's like, "No, no, no, it, it's not. It's not Grandson. It's not you. It's not Dad. It's not Steve." It's Santa. So regardless of who delivers it to her, she'll it'll still be from Santa. And that made me think of the gospel message when we have all these different translation, translation, uh, translations. We have NIV. We have New Living Translation. We have Amplified Version. We have New King James, Old King James. And I'm thinking there's a lot of division between these translations. But as long as... It's the central gospel message being preached, being delivered. Then who cares? It's still the gospel. It is there. You know, there's different things though. I think with the different translations that are good, some some are bad in my opinion. The message. No, actually, no, I think. No, I'm joking. I think it all depends though on what you're using the different translations for. You know, are you using, if you're using the message for like a word study Bible, that's not going to work. Right. But if you are looking for, cause that's a, um, paraphrased Bible and it's giving you the, the message, the general message in like current language of the way of speaking now. And that can be useful because sometimes it can speak to you in a different way that um, NASB didn't. It it like illuminates it for you. And I think that's perfectly fine. I think looking at a bunch of different versions of the Bible, like you were saying, I mean, it's all the same message. The Bible is God's living word. And um, I think there there are better versions than others. Like I don't love the NIV. Um, I would, my preferred translation is NASB, but there's a lot of people who grew up with uh, King James and King James is fine. It's okay. It's, you know, pretty poetic. And um, some of the words are a little harder to understand because it's old English, not really modern English. Um, But I would definitely encourage everyone to look at different translations because the different ways that different translations say the verses um, help. And of course, of course, always going back to the original language, be that Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek, whichever one uh, it may be. The Blue Letter Bible is really good to go back and 
and look at the the original language and what does it mean. It's got Strong's Concordance in there and other um, lexicons that you can look at. So it's really good. Yeah, it's a great cross-reference uh, tool. So oh, Thank you, Josh, for helping with that. <laughs> I was like, the words are not quite getting out. <laughs> so I definitely recommend that if you haven't checked it out already. We come to kind of the climax to the end of the movie where Steve, Grand Santa, Malcolm, and Arthur are at Gwen's house, and they're all in the entryway to the, uh, to the living room, and they're still bickering about who's going to deliver it. And I'm like, hey, Arthur has already figured this out. It doesn't matter who delivers it. And they see this just look of, you know, on Arthur's face that he really cares about. He doesn't care if he delivers it. He just cares about the experience of Gwen. And that's when they're like, hey, this person really has it down. This is who should be leading Christmas. You know, we're all so self-absorbed about which way this way is it right? Is it incorrect? But Arthur, he's the man with the plan. And Arthur goes and delivers that gift. And he asks everybody to stay because Malcolm has never like, seen the look of you know, joy or the reaction of getting a gift from Santa. And that kind of like changes his mood, his thinking. And at the end of the film, there's these different like developments about a year later about where everybody, uh, where everybody is, and everything, you know, works out. So that proves that no matter how kind of, it's like the, it's like the, the unsung hero or the unlikely hero, kind of thinking that, yes, kind of thinking that to David in the, in the Bible, where, you know, he's got to go against Goliath, but before they get to him, they're like, oh, you know, we have these soldiers and we have these people who are built for battle. And the guy's like, no, no, I want that uh, that shepherd boy. It's like, him? Him? Uh, you got to <laughs> be joking, God. <laughs> that reminds me of, we talked about David in a church today. And um, I they were, we were talking about what's the difference between God's word and the what the world says about who makes the rules. And they were saying, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. like, whoever has the gold makes the rules. And <laughs> when our pastor said that, all I heard was <laughs> Jafar and that smile of his, whoever makes the gold makes the rules. <laughs> and, and that smile, <laughs> yeah. I just laughed so much. I was like, Josh, Josh. <laughs> uh, that's great. But yeah, Arthur Christmas would definitely recommend. It's a great movie for kids. Uh, family, again, we're in our 30s and we loved it. It was great. Yeah, first time seeing it and it was really good. I liked it a lot. So there it is, our first pick for our December series of 2022. And again, thanks to um, Brianna again for a suggestion that. And she um, does uh, two cent movie reviews. So go ahead and check that out. But that's it for this episode of our December Christmas movie series. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, Go ahead and comment on what you thought on our social media. You can also give us a rating on um, Apple Podcasts. I think they also allow ratings on Spotify now. We just want to get your feedback, what you liked, what you didn't like. And so we kind of want to hear what you all want from us in 2023. You know, we got some ideas coming down the pipeline. 
a new look. But one thing that is not going to change is our commitment to bring all of you open and honest discussion, making redemptive analogies to animated movies and TV shows, all to provide good open discussion and brighten your day and hopefully give you a little bit of oomph in your spiritual walk with the Lord. I love it. Yes, absolutely. We definitely want to continue doing that. So until next time, keep those halos shiny and stay holy, my friends. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Analuya podcast. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to keep up with all the latest information. We would love to hear your comments and questions about today's episode, as well as suggestions for future episodes. You can message us on our socials or email us at contact at 